0: Head into The Ringerverse to stay up to date with all things superheroes and nerd culture entertainment. Hosted by a rotating lineup of superfans at The Ringer, including Mallory Rubin and Van Lathan, shows will provide instant reactions to blockbuster releases, insightful backstories on canon, and mind-bending theories, as well as fresh takes on the latest news and rumors. Check out The Ringerverse on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. See website for details.
2: Listeners, this week you might hear a little bit of uh, scratchiness, a little bit of tanniness, a little bit of, you know, it just might sound a little off uh, due to a couple technical difficulties we had this week, but we did finish the episode because we're professionals. So without further ado, enjoy this week's episode of Sound Only.
0: Listeners, welcome. This is Sound Only. I'm Justin Cherry. And I'm Michael Peters. We're your Sound Only co here to record, by popular demand, our thoughts about the League of Legends Netflix series, Arcane. We upfront, before we get into talking about Arcane, which we People had texted me, emailed me about this show. I had avoided it for a bit. I regret having avoided it. I apologize. We'll get to that in a second. Up top, we do want to talk a little bit about a couple things. A few things that were... This is the part of the show where we talk about the stuff that we're not going to talk about. Um, The first of those things being Succession, real quick. I didn't watch the finale last night. I know it happened. I kind of gave up on Succession mid-season. I got kind of bored. Micah and our producer Stefan are on the line, obviously, right now, and they're telling me I missed out. Gentlemen, hash it out amongst yourselves. I don't know. Like, was it like I don't was it should I get back into the season? I really I tapped out hard. The I'd be like, the-
2: like, listen, your 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 could you could you refresh me? Can you regale me? With your hang-ups about this season of Succession specifically, because I remember, like you know, like they, I can I can remember our conversation being about how it had become its own sort of like cottage industry, with there being like a no context succession account on Twitter and Instagram, etc. But I mean, I mean, like that
0: stuff is what it is. To me, it was more about the fact that the first and second seasons of Succession really seem in touch with the the charm and appeal an enigma of that show being about these people, yeah, being in a, in a corporate, in corporate warfare, engaged in corporate warfare with each other, right? But at the end of the day, they're also family and sort of that tension between the corporate and the familial is really well balanced in season one and two. And then season three came along and at least in the first half of season three, it just felt like 95% of the season is like boardroom stuff. And 5% of it has any sense of the family dynamics or any kind of, yeah, it just, it, it lost me insofar as season three really, really hard dropped the idea that like, yo, these people aren't just corporate rivals, they're fucking related. And that's the charm of the characters is that they're also related and they behave like people who are related.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I would say that Yes, I think that the show sort of comes back around to capitalizing on like that on on that tension that you're talking about. I mean, specifically, like in the in the finale when they're like in the back of a sprinter van all the way to the uh, second or third um, summer house near Lake Como that they visit in this single episode to, like, you know, like each of them on their phone to their people talking about various clauses and uh, loopholes and, you know, Cash-22s and snags in the contract and whatever that they can exploit to stop the sale of uh, Waystar to um, <clears throat> Gojo. Um, it's, uh, a, yeah. it's one of the scars. yeah.
0: It's Gojo. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like the the Scars Guard runs it. The the, the tall one. Fucking um, sweet.
0: Right, right.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it's meant to represent, it's other than like, you know, the um ever-encroaching uh vagaries of the modern era. <laughs> um <laughs> and I mean like you know. Like I think that the episode really does really well with that, and like I think I don't know what did you think.
3: I thought that it it brought everything back together. Like seeing Kendall like really crash, like like the birthday party was like one part was like, yo, this dude is sad. Like he is down bad. Like he needs help. Right? Because, like, he's not having fun at his own birthday party. He's drinking a Yo, 40. Like it was crazy. The like, big, like, the whole...
2: like, the, the chain and, the yeah. and like, the Gucci jacket that he was, like, with yeah.
3: the, oh, man. No, Justin, just... you have to go back just to watch the birthday episode. Him walking around the Come club drinking home, a 40 just is Stop crazy. all this foolishness. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's I, crazy. It's, it's... So, I feel I mean, like, Yeah. From that point Um, on to getting here, to seeing all of them come back together and, like, have that same, like, the evolved version of the bedroom scene where they're all in uh, uh, Kendall's kid's bedroom having a conversation of that, to, like, them finding out that not only their dad hates them, their mom hates them as well. was like, oh, this family is crazy. This is, like, I don't know if you guys, um, damn, what is this Showtime show? I can't even remember the name of it. But they're the rich version of the Gallagher's. Like the Gallagher's were like the most in chaotic. Are you white. Shameless, yo! Shameless. I just yes, watched the all the shameless. Sh- my, so oh the my roy's god, my fiance watched version. all the shameless. Yes, the roy's right, are the rich version of, of such a good comparison the of that the rich so version of the Gallagher's. They are like the most chaotic family I've ever seen in history. And that last like twenty minutes of the show of just like everybody cutting each other's neck is like. This is why this is the best show, like one of the best shows on television, right there. I will say that that last twenty minutes of that episode is and like
2: in walks walks gas
3: the goat like, Tom wham bams like what like, like whammy whams Michael whammy we got it before we get to Tom walking in we have to go to Tom and cousin Greg at the dinner and he's like can I have one of me he was like no greg you can have 40 of you and they're like coming in to devise and like take over the whole situation it, it was beautiful man but please let's talk about tom walking in the room just like as a sniper like ready to like tear down the building and to watch the, it the,
2: like seriously at the like at the very end of like the episode when All of the Roy's children's dreams are laying strewn about on the floor like broken crockery, and Roman's crying, and Kendall's consoling him. And, you know, uh, Shiv is just standing there sucking as she has so much this season. Um the, Yo, you and Shiv uh, gotta
0: you you should have gotta like scrap it out or something in Los Angeles.
2: <laughs> I mean, like it's 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 honestly it's it's too it's because of the way that the script is written this season. It is like almost ham fisted the way that they've played up um Shit. like each of the kids' insecurities. Yeah. Like the way that they they each had to like flame out in public and oh my god, they've like They've made like even the like her revealing that she had been cheating on Tom like on their wedding night was not as annoying as like, um, like her kind of leveraging the uh, like the the, the Romans sending they fix to the Jerry situation. like in a like it was like so it was so gross i was like ah i hate this and then in walks tom whammy wham thank you ma'am wom scans right like vince mcmahon coming out of the tunnel in his little white linen suit being like hey shiv are you all right is everything okay what happened (laughs)
0: He does that baby voice. He does be doing that baby voice, though.
2: Oh, dear. I thought you you were going to take over the world, baby. What happened? (laughs) All the while, it was him who plunged the knife.
3: And that gives her the forehead kiss of death right after oh man it, it, oh that God. that scene it was, was that scene was gold man that I was like nah this this is a finale i i i I love this i'm I'm excited to see where we're gonna go with season four i, I beg you, Justin, if you don't do anything, please watch the birthday episode, even if you don't <laughs> continue the rest of the season. The birthday episode makes the entire season worth it it's like it's the most chaotic thing you'll ever see on t v for real it okay, is it is me. so
2: like anxiety inducing like i can't even describe i can't describe it you need to wash the episode off after it's over like and i know that i'm not exactly selling selling it as like you know like a good experience but it's definitely visceral you know yeah. you'll you'll feel strongly about it
0: but okay you i that man, the shameless comparison, too. Like, I hate... hate, You reeled me back in. You you got me back in. I'll catch back up. That said, that's our succession talk. We're not talking about succession this week. You know what else we're not talking about this week? We're not talking about the free Larry Hoover concert. We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. Because we don't know nothing about it. Michael, what do you or I have to not say about it up top before we talk about Arcane? What, like, I didn't watch um, it.
2: I got a text from a good friend that now colleague of the Paul Thompson, about mm-hmm. whether or not I was at this thing, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Mm-hmm. And I you was know like, Bob, yeah, nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, he was. And he posted a picture to like, like he posted a picture on Instagram of the merch table uh, at, you know, this, which was you know, it's the, the, the Free Layer Hooper concert brokered by Jay Prince between uh you know Drake and Kanye West um was and sponsored by Amazon. Amazon! What the (laughs) fuck? Wait, okay.
0: (laughs) Can we talk about can I ask you a question? Reasonably certain. But it's it's the can we focus on the Jay Prince thing one sec? Because I have a question. Um insofar as like Wait, I gotta wait, wait,
2: wait, hold on. I gotta, I gotta Wait, wait. Oh, go ahead. I, you go. Because go, I got to, I got to, I got to tell you, I got to say this detail about the merch table. Oh, shit. Get, Okay, okay. sorry, sorry. Because, sorry. yeah, because, because, Paul says a picture of the merch table and it's like just washed out, thrashed denim stuff with crudely uh, like printed free Hoover text just like in like a cross pattern and just impact font. Like, I mean, the most slapped together shit I've ever seen in my life and the jeans were $300. And it's just like, who is it? I mean, like, I, I mean, you know, I'm just, it's just, I'm just
0: saying, No, but listen, Micah. Listen, tell me that when you first saw like any of the Instagram marketing for this concert, when they started doing the font and they did the little X and the SG for special guest, once you saw that font come out on Instagram, you knew that the only point of this concert was to sell three hundred dollar pants. That is the telos of an event like this.
2: I mean, like it was just—it wasn't even like you know there were so many options like for. I mean, like, they didn't even, it's not even designed. It's just printed. You know, yeah. like, there was, oh, there was Drake, there was the picture of like Drake's free to man them hoodie. Yeah, that's on the uh, back of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. That's, it's just, it's too, funny. like, it's just.
0: But, the, okay, can I ask about, cause I, I have a question. I get the idea, like, J Prince, right? Shotgun marriage between Kanye and Drake. It's not a good look for either of them, except. One thing that was notable, sort of hearing secondhand about people's experience at the concert, was everyone pointing out that the Kanye half was way better than the Drake half. And I think the larger observation about this whole sort of forced reconciliation between Drake and Kanye is that it seems to have been negotiated on terms that pretty decisively humiliate Drake so far. And I don't I, I'm struggling to understand like Jay Prince's role. <laughs> In owning his own man's in this way, right? Like you would think that Jay Prince was employed by Kanye West, given how this has all played out so far.
2: You mean in terms of him being able to sell the three hundred dollars jeans and or just you to know, not make to make these and... people
0: not look terrible? Like I just think Drake, ever since he and Kanye have posed in that photo on Instagram with Jay Prince right? Like the beef is over free Larry Hoover. Like Drake is just like an absolute fucking lame in all of this. And I don't, it feels unfair to Drake. I'm actually for once, I feel offended on behalf of Drake because
2: and well, I mean like the thing is that like when you specify that Drake looks lame in the situation, Kanye looks what?
0: That's the thing he, I mean, Kanye looks lame, but he looks lame in a way that Jay Mm -hmm. Prince at least orchestrated and out for him. Whereas this is hell for Drake. You know, this situation as it exists currently is hell for Drake. He hates every minute of it, right? Kanye looks lame, but Drake looks like he's suffering. it's
2: a statement of any kind of like, you know, it's just... It's also that at at least least Kanye's
0: position was that he didn't want to be beefing with Drake. Whereas Drake's position was he wanted to be beefing with Kanye. I don't know. It's just, it looks for various reasons this looks like a really asymmetrical reconciliation that man i i just i don't know that drake has looked this bad since the story of adidon moment basically
2: yeah i'm just going to go ahead and say that it just doesn't look good on anybody this doesn't mm-hmm. this doesn't look great on on anyone involved <laughs> Like I yeah. said. The the, the the Drake uh Ampersand Kanye show at, you know, the whichever arena is sponsored by Amazon Music. Don't forget to pick up your three hundred dollar jeans at the door. And the designs are ugly. Um I mean I'm just saying, like it's 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 like it's yeah, swag up and down. That's my half bar of uh, on the on the concert.
0: And as a <laughs> half that's that's not what we're talking about this week. Because like I, I said, I wasn't about. there. I didn't watch. I was at bar trivia, getting destroyed uh, at bar trivia in the snow in Wisconsin. Um, this week, we're talking about a show that we could have gotten to sooner, frankly. Um, a show that I Ringer TV critic Allison Herman tells me that she. Suffered some non insignificant tonnage of harassment from people mad that she didn't put this show on her, you know, her and Miles like best TV of 2021 list. And at first, when she said that, because I brought it up to her, I was like, yeah, we got it, you know, we've gotten some emails. Like, actually, Mike and I might talk about Arcane. You know, she mentioned that. She mentioned that, and I laughed it off. And then I watched this show. And then I think I yeah, I texted Allison. I was like, I might send you some hate mail. Shit, this shit is fire. Why did no one I know it happened, but like I mean like I'm you know, mad like, I'm, I'm seeing, late
2: seeing seeing this on bus stops and whatnot. We're not and even that late to like it, you but... know, the guerrilla Netflix marketing campaign yeah. for it. And yeah, like I mean, I've seen vague stuff about it being like I was just—it's—it's based on League of Legends. I don't know nothing about League of Legends. You know, like what do I care? What what is this? Like it's like it's and and then you texted me about it. I was just like, man, let me see what this is about. And then I watched it. Who, brother?
0: (laughs) Can and I let me tell you. It's we're both so neither of us know shit about League of Legends. And I, I I can tell you what I think happened at least on my end, right? What it was was the live-action Bebop rollout, right? Because, like, you and I, you know, we do our media shit. We pull our little strings and shit. But I was probably, like, I was so focused on Netflix rolling out Bebop, trying to get screeners for that. And I remember at one point I kept getting emails about Arcane. And I was just sort of like, man, I know a lot about Cowboy Bebop, and I'm already doing all this stuff, and I'm trying to write about it. Meanwhile, I don't know shit about League of Legends. And I think the other thing about it is, like, if you look at stills, from the League of Legends thing, if you look at stills, and don't worry, we're going to praise the shit out of the animation in this in a second, but just looking at the initial stills and not really engaging engaging with it, I think it just, I, I got the impression of like, are they doing the art style from like the Telltale games that I don't like? Or is it like, you know what I mean? It, you can get a bad impression if you sort of don't really sort of look at what you're looking at when you look at the promo for this show.
2: Honestly, you know, what the, the promos? The promos when you look at when you look at the promos for these shows say like they remind you of RPGs that are only available on the Apple Store. For yeah, like, that's it's I like hate you for being right. <laughs> I like it's basically like you it, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's it seems as though like there is a sealess celebrity. That's going to step onto screen to sell you on the idea of g- getting on the app store and, you know, escaping your nine to five by uh, setting siege, laying siege to a castle.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> and I mean, like, it's, it, yeah, but I mean, like, it's, it's, it looks like that is the, the, um, the styling of uh, the promos and, like, all of the stills from the show, like, that's what it looks like. A bunch of, like, really throw every single fantasy element we possibly can at, um, you know, ropey character models, and let's throw in some energy spires, and we got ourselves a, a, a fantasy story, is what it looks like. Right. But, that shit works you know it's, <laughs> well,
0: it's, like, it's hitting it's, it, that's the thing it's like one um the animation once you once once the shit is in motion and it's doing the world building and stuff it's a different story And one other comparison i'll draw before we get into talking about the show is like i think the other thing i thought a lot about was um you know okay so like league of legends is online it, it's like multiplayer right it's like 5v5 map control basically is that kind of game. Um, But a lot of the sort of, I guess when I was seeing the promo and the still images, I thought a lot about how Apex Legends looks and how Overwatch look in like the in-game cutscenes, right? And those are also games that are you know, they're like hero shooters, the story, is it really a story? Um, And it's, there is that kind of like millennial zoomer video game, post Marvel video game aesthetic. Fortnite's kind of related to it, but like, yeah, you're. There's something about. There's a lot of interference created, I think, um, from like what what video game, like you say, JRPGE or like multiplayer animation looks like, and so it's easy to sort of see the stuff from Arcane, and maybe if you're not really fully locked in upfront, to go. Oh, this is that like video gamey bullshit lore, like capital L lore aesthetic. And then you sit down to watch this show though. And oh my God, it's like every single, if you went through this show with a checklist, right? So if you want to have a conversation about the designs, if you want to have a characterization about, a conversation about like the environments, if you want to have a conversation about the animation, I mean like character animation, and if you want to talk want about to characters, a like conversation
2: how they're written. About the, yeah, if you want to have a conversation about how the characters are written, how the, the way the story moves and builds. And the pacing. Like, how like, the pacing. Yeah, it's just like, it's all there. Like, yeah, like, you know, I'm, my bad. You were late.
3: <laughs> um
0: and like I I don't know it's like it's one of those it's one of those things where I because you know the intimidating thing too is like if you don't know shit about League of Legends is it for you right it's like that's the natural first question it's like am I only is this you know what I mean I imagine people ask themselves that with something like Cowboy Bebop too. and I came out of this feeling like no I would recommend this to anyone to anyone
2: yeah yes
0: comfortable easily Right now. Today. <laughs> um, Can I say, too, like, we talked about Castlevania. We did a whole episode about...
2: We did. We did um, do a whole episode about Castlevania. And, like, you know, it just being just such an achievement. <laughs> like it, Like, specifically, you talking about season two as, like, the turning point. But season four just being, like, Orgiastic in like all of the, the things that it was like willing to try and succeed, and the things that it succeeded at. Like, um, and I know that we're both thinking about the throne room fight between Isaac and Camilla,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, I mean, we have talked about Castlevania on this podcast before, and when you texted me and said that like the animation was breathtaking, I was just kind of like, all right, well, sure. And then you, I think it was maybe in. I wasn't. I was kind of like only halfway paying attention to the first episode. But I think it was maybe during the second episode that um I forget what the main baddie's name is. The guy with the with with the damn with the damn soul in his left eye or whatever. Are oh, you Suko? What's, what's
0: your boy? Silco. Oh yeah, Silco.
2: Okay, right. Silco um was I think uh torturing slash interrogating a you know young defenseless boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was uh, I think his is his lackey, I can't remember what her name is, um his his Captain Phasma. What's, what's her <laughs> name? Like it Captain Captain doesn't really Phasmated matter. This. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, she's she's imposing and like you know, smokes unfiltered cigarettes. But there is one like there is a like she's leaned up against like a door, and I think that's like the way that it's backlit, and the way that she kind of like takes a drag of the cigarette, and then blows it out through her nose and flicks the cigarette. It's yeah. such a detailed animation that was just kind of like wow, Whoa. this is like okay then, alright, I'm paying attention now like this is everything, it's just everything is so well done
0: yeah, and, and one, okay so this is this is a show where I really in order to discuss and praise it I'm going to draw comparisons to lots of things, including lots of things we've talked about on the pod, like we mentioned Castlevania, and obvious thing about Castlevania is that's 2D that was like a pure 2D show a lot of great character animation, specifically like fight choreography, right? Characters have a lot of weight in 2D. This is 3D. This show is a combination of like hand painted, but also just straight up CG. The characters look so real and weighty that you're just like, how are these not just actors, right? They There's a real sense of weight to everything, but also everything looks like fucking magic, right? Um, and one thing I thought, like, a few episodes into it is, like, you know, this is kind of what Yasuke wanted to be. It's also kind of what live-action Bebop wanted to be. And this show, yeah. it puts both of those things to shame, right? Because it's, like, you, you, the sense of when Yasuke would try to be flashy, right? It's, like, you you got what they were going for, but it always looked a little too... It's just, like, unpolished and too flat and too kind of, like, sporadic like they really had to work their way up into doing a little something whereas fucking arcane it's like every sequence in this show is just barred like you watch an episode of this show and you were just getting barred up from beginning to end it is nuts and they never run out of ideas you will just keep watching episodes they never run out of visual ideas in the show ever
2: like the third episode there is, okay, there is, to set the scene, Um. there is basically a very, like, the most extreme logic of, like, the prisoner's dilemma is going on because Vander, like, the dad of the group, has been captured by Silco, like, you know, the main baddie we were just kind of describing earlier, and he's... Setting all of my dogs and lackeys on the kids, uh, this this three this group of three kids who are trying to basically free Vanderson and all of them can escape. Yeah. Um. And like the main character, I guess for all intents and purposes, the one that we stick with the most through like the first couple of episodes, Violet, um, is like she basically has to fend off all of these, you know, foot soldiers on a thin catwalk. Yeah. And it is the coolest setup. Iconic like, setup. It is it is an iconic setup. And the there's there's this one there's this one frame in it um where the big like, you know, the big Goliath guy steps up, you know with his with his machete and it's just kind of like oh how's she gonna do it she's so she's so small and all she's got is her little iron fist glove thingies and it's like the the contrast of her the size of her character and like you know the size of this giant Goliath it's like you know it's and it's such a cool shot and I was trying to remember like where I saw it and it's like from Megalobox because theres in like when he when when joe goes to get like well to try to like acquire you know top of the line gear to fight yuri in his in his final match at you know megalomania they go to this mechanic shop and he ends up having to fight like this retired guy who has these giant you know tractor arms that are made of reinforced steel and he ends up having to fight him bare knuckled, like while the guy's still wearing all of his gear. And but like there's the shot of him like lowering into his stance against the giant shoulder, like so the, the 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 huge silhouette of this other character. And it's like the same way in this in this in the third episode of Arcane. And then she just goes to work. It is such an exhilarating sequence. Cause she's just knocking people out left and right for a solid three minutes.
0: It's also like that scene is so well earned because of how they like in the first couple of episodes, they set up her, like, um, she's in, she's in this, she's like in the bar and there's a, there's a bot. There's like this massive bot. That's basically her boxing coach who holds the pads and there's just like great training sequence earlier on. So when she comes out with these humongous gloves, when Viola comes out with these humongous gloves, it's just like, and she just starts ripping people up. It's just like, oh, it's, I don't know, man. They're like, everything in this show is earned. Like they thought everything through. You know what I mean? Like these characters feel really, really, really well thought through such that, like, I am astounded, right? Like, you think that in order to make a show like this, and again, maybe this gets back to the Bebop problem, right? It's like, you were talking about how maybe Bebop would be better if it was made by people who liked Cowboy Bebop, but otherwise sort of ran off with their own idea and just sort of let it be that. And, like, here you're taking something, you're taking League of Legends, right? Like, League of Legends does not have some, like, core, like, really, really, like, beloved story, right? What it has is it has champions, right? It has some heroes. It has some character designs for you to work with. But otherwise, like, the world is your oyster, right? It's just, like, all you really have as a baseline is character designs and physicality. And they they fucking... They really showed up with the other half of the puzzle piece. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they did this shit. The writing is on point. Like, the character dynamics are great. It's, like, every arc, all the little character arcs, because you basically... Throughout the season, it's like you have all the stuff happening with, um, you know, grown-up Vi and also the Enforcer Caitlin, who she ends up going on some escapades with. You have Powder, who grows up to become Jinx. You have the plot line with Jace, who's one of the counselors, and Victor, and they're the people who are sort of leading this scientific, res- res- you know, revolution. It's just like...
2: A whole it's like lot all the plot lines on. are just bars. It's just, like, it's it's just, it's, it's so much. And I mean, like we're, we're going to get in, we're going to like, there's, we obviously have a lot more to get into, but I think we're going to try to get into more of it after we take a short break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the, the beloved sports gal, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at vioricom Simmons. Once again, v-u-o-r-i.com Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. Oh, the paradox of the bagel! Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate.
0: Thomas's huzzah!
2: A toast to breakfast. Oh yeah. Um. Like. Uh. By the way, guys, up top, we should probably mention that um, the live-action Cowboy Bebop adaptation on Netflix has been canceled after one season. Um. Joining the. You know, grand opening, grand closing, graveyard of recent Netflix escapades such as Jupiter's Legacy. Um, what else? What else we got? Iron, the Immortal Iron Fist. Uh, s- stuff that was canceled after like you know only a couple of weeks. Whatever. Anyway, it's gone. It's it's uh, I mean it's still up. You can watch it, but it's over.
0: Yeah. Like, look, man. I I was actually right um, when I when that announcement came out from Netflix, I was like listening to the guys on the the lookout pod also talk about the live action bebop. And they kind of arrived in the same place of like, definitely season has problems. Definitely the beginning of the season is worse than the back half of the season. And the back half of the season does things where it's like I would I would watch more of it. And yeah, I'm a little bummed out about it. It's like I get it, and people really seem to hate it, and or a lot of people really seem to just very vehemently dislike it. I feel like I get where they're coming from. I still personally would have liked to see, if anything, just see how they plan to make Ed work because they the way they teased Ed was like uh, the hardest of passes for anything else in the show. Uh, and seeing if they could at least come back from that or make that make sense might have been. <laughs> I was at least looking to see that, but I don't know. It is what it is. It's uh, live action adaptations of anime continue to be a problem. I don't know. What you got to say? What do you think? Uh, <clears throat> lovely suits, beautiful I suits. <laughs> no, I hate you so much. <laughs> talk about arcade. We talk about arcade. We both like arcade. Agree, or disagree. I speak mad from ignorance. Um, arcade. Back to arcade um i don't know it's like we could go into depth on the character arcs i don't even think we need to do that it's just like i'm 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 confounded by it again it's not just the fact of um you remember when you and i talked about the star wars disney anime things the shorts on um right and that was a case of something where like if i were to recommend it to people which i did you know i liked a lot of those shorts right and I feel like the way you'd recommend those is like, look, this is really good. One the, a lot of the writing gets Star Wars better than the sort of movies the the, you know, the sequel movies get Star Wars right. It gets that it's about world building more than it is about advancing the Skywalker plot. Um, but really it's like it's a great animation showcase, right? That's the main thing. You might not even remember what the specific stories were of those shorts in the Star Wars thing, but it's a great animation showcase. This Arcane, on the other hand, is the kind of show where, like, if if this show was just a great animation showcase, it would be one thing, right? But it's the fact that it's that while also being a thing that, in terms of how it's written, in terms of how its characters are set up, in terms of how the world building is done. Like, I'll tell you one thing about League of Legends, right, that always sort of put me off, even just talking about League of Legends, not even talking about um, Arcane, is, like, yeah, it it League of Legends did always strike me as something that belongs to the corner of nerd culture that's really into lore, like lore-ass lore, if you know what I mean. Like, and it's not like I would compare it to something, it's not that I would compare League of Legends to Game of Thrones, but I'm just saying that there's a kind of fantasy work that. Has a lot of lore and a lot of like has a really long glossary. Let's put it like that, right?
2: Well, <clears throat> yeah, it's a there's a really long glossary, and there are <sighs> basically there is the 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 knowledge. There's there's extent there, it, like it's expected of you, that you have like you know some sort of functional knowledge of events that occurred before or around off the, the, the thing that you're watching like you're you should be aware of events that have happened off screen or like you know how the characters should actually look um those kinds of things we're talking about that kind of
0: lore but also I, the I, kind of lore and like you know you know certain kinds of fantasy books where you open it and the first thing you see is like a big ass map with the map <laughs> yes like oh you oh want me to God, know the map, a map.
3: Like, come on bro I'm just the first yeah.
0: one yeah Come on, dog. League Legend oh. Legends always struck me as that. And I think, like, perversely then, uh, I don't know why, because again, it's just, it's 5v5 map control. It's not like it's an actual sort of, it's not the Witcher 3 or something, right? And yet, and yet, a thing about this show that actually works so well, right, is that so much of this show, right, is, especially with the, the, the Jace and Victor storylines, right? It's like, you have this civilization that's like rediscovering magic and like, you know, science is magic. And do you want to like how much science, how much magic do you really want to develop, though, in your civilization? What if it gets out of control? Actually, previous civilizations also developed magic and they got themselves blown up and we don't want to re- repeat the mistakes of the past. Right. You have that kind of shit. And like a different show, a different kind of show would say, OK, we have magic. Let's over explain the shit out of this magic right? Whereas Arcane is just like, it's magic. Jason Victor, they look, they're figuring the magic shit out. Don't overthink it. That That's the thing. The show it's gets the economy of it. It's like...
2: Yeah. It's, it's like, well, it's just kind of like understanding how science or magic would function in a story like this yeah. and not fussing too much about which it is. I yeah. mean, it's... What's it? Like the Arthur C. Clarke's third law of whatever is that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. It's like the same thing. Yes. Like, it's just, they're the scientists or the acolytes or the magicians. Whatever.
0: And it's also, but again, because I brought up Star Wars earlier, it's like it reminds me of when Star Wars was confident enough to just be like it's the force. Just believe in the force. Don't overthink it. Versus when Star Wars was about, like, what is your chlorian count? right? Like, it gets it. It gets that the magic of magic and storytelling is that it gets to just be magic, and you just gotta roll with it, you know? Um, Yeah, it's like, it's just like an impossible level of confidence, especially in, like, I don't know, it's, it's good at being a fantasy thing that is based on a video game, and yet feels so perfectly accessible and emotionally intelligent about its characters, and like ambitious, and but not pretentious. Within itself. Like yeah. it's just like,
2: yeah, it's it's like it's it's it is. It feels complete on its own. Like I, I, when we were talking about earlier in the, you were saying earlier in the episode about whether or not you'd recommend this to someone who like has no knowledge of this. You can jump straight in. Like there is no, you don't need to read anything. You don't need to look at anything first. Just. Sit down and watch the first episode, and yeah. then, like, you know, you'll be like, you're you're in it by the th- you're like you're down by the third episode. It's there is a you know what, and it's not even it's not even the sequence I was describing earlier on the catwalk that like that like made me like really be into the show. Um. In, you know, the hero's journey thing, you know, like for Violet is like, she's the eldest of the group of misfit kids. Like, you know, like the, the children who are forgotten by um, the literal class war between the topsiders and the underworld where the <clears throat> bottom 99% of people live, basically. Um, but it's like you know this group of multicultural children that she's the the, the, the head of, basically. And the, her little sister in effect, uh, Powder, she's just kind of like she's the only one that can't really fight. So she's just like, you can't you gotta stay behind. We're going to get Van- We're gonna go save Vander, you gotta stay behind. And the breakdown that Powder has in her room, her like the snot scene? bubbles Ooh, and yeah, the, and the yeah, eyes in the yeah. scene when she's throwing stuff around. Uh, I think I was thinking about, um, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember if it was fish, if it was fish, uh, if it was fish Island or if it was like the bubble Island, wherever it was, what it, whichever, whichever one piece arc it was, but it's like, Oh, yeah, this is like after like Luffy's entire team gets you know disappeared to far ends of the map and he like has to become strong this is like basically they they have to separate in order to become stronger because they'll never actually make it in the grand line as they are in the course of the story, so like they have to be split up. And this happens You know, when these enforcer drones come up, show up and like literally bat all of his friends to different ends of the map and he doesn't know whether they're alive or dead. And there's when he finally makes it to safety and like, he's just like, no, we got to like, he doesn't know what to do because he's not he's not actually strong enough to do anything. He can't fix it. He doesn't know where his friends are. I don't know how I'm going to get anywhere. And he has a total breakdown, and the way that it's animated is so like it's painful to watch. Like, it's that's that's what that's what I would describe Pounder's breakdown in the third episode as being. It's like it goes from being, oh, poor thing, to oh, wow, ah, that's bad. Ooh. Yeah somebody please make it stop
0: yeah and that's yo and it's like it's i I definitely think that scene is like one of the best i'd say in this series i think a lot of people would agree with she is just the best animated character in this series because and she see she accentuates one thing i'll also say about castlevania which is like when we talked about that show we focused a lot on how physically expressive it is right like those characters are it's just that the choreography is really like all of their fighting styles are really distinct. There is love language in how they fight, but when you talk about the animation of Castlevania of the Netflix Castlevania, you're mostly talking about that. You're kind of talking about the action sequences, and yeah, the thing you're saying about Jinx slash Powder is that like there are great fights. There are some really tremendous fights. And arcane, but even if you take it on the other end of the spectrum of just facial acting, like there are so many scenes in this show where it's just, and you and you like, man, ten years ago, you know, see like, two D three D mashup animation was busted, right? And then you fast forward to this shit, and just the acting in her face, like you said with the snot bubbles, like the way, the way that way she goes tears from are being just like,
2: up. you know. Yeah, it's just like the way that she goes from being small to feral in the course yeah, of like yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah. It's like it's it's so wild. Like it's it's yeah, it, it really is like such a and I, I mean like I can't imagine how much time it took to make a scene like that. It takes such dedication. Like it's so well done.
0: Dog, the scene later is like the fight and I can't remember if it's 8 or 9 echo and jinx in the 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 pot like the hypnosis segment it's just like there's shit in here that's just nuts and again it's like all of it all of it like it. it's it's the kind of thing that works as a sum right because like individual components like again there's nothing really even that fussy or pretentious or prestige tv about this right like the story the story actually reminds me a lot of like what Final Fantasy game stories were like when the when the Final Fantasy when the Final Fantasy stories were good like it reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy 6 VI and 7 it's actually especially the Midgar. it's just top side like
2: yeah it's just game cutscene fodder yeah. really but they
0: elevate like, they just elevated yeah in a way that like <laughs> the games themselves that they remind me of really struggle to elevate this shit. Um. Even when they make me watch eighty hours of <laughs> cutscenes and open world exploration, right? Like,
2: shout out to you, a day I told you. Know.
0: <laughs> Shut up! No, that, that's that's your argument. That's not my argument. Um. Yeah.
2: Say. I say, bro. We're talking about two-hour cutscenes.
0: Uh, sometimes you need a break. <laughs> sometimes you're trying to. <laughs>
2: Yeah, sometimes you're trying to hear Lingua Franca three times in the first 45 minutes <laughs> <La-le-le-le-le-le-game> <laughs> of the game where you thought that you were just going to slit some people's throats from behind, you know? Maybe hide them in some cardboard boxes. Oh my
0: God. What else can we even say about this show other than telling people, like, everyone who yelled at us for not talking about this, like, I, I feel like what, when Allison Herman was talking to me about it, I think she was just relating that thing of like, this is one of those shows where if you watch this if you watch Arcane, it's the kind of show where you're mad at other people for it. not watching it. You're just like, I'm yeah. upset that I don't have you're, more people to talk about this show with.
2: Yeah, it's just like you want to gush about it to somebody. And it's just like, it sucks that you can't talk about it with anybody. And I feel you. Um, but We have each other. I, I have the one. And we have you. Listeners. But I think
0: people were upset about year end lists and why wasn't Arcane on more year end lists? And why didn't, you know, the reader who wrote into us pointed out that, like, yeah, you know, it seems like it, everybody who watches this show is like, holy shit. But because it's an animated video game, you know, like it's an adaptation of League of Legends, of all things, that it feels like it's flying under the radar. There's a lot
2: of frames of reference yeah. that you yeah. got to, you know, get through to get yeah. it. Yeah, uh,
0: but I'll apologize to our because li- like we at the Ringer we did you know we're doing like year in stuff of like best performances of 2021 and I wrote about Juliana in Deathloop. <laughs> and Death Loop like I really wish I had the time I don't, I think it's too late now I want to write up I could write thousands of words about uh the two voice actors who do Jinx and Powder in in this show because it just. It's like the, it's like the, the acting is her animation, but it's also her voice acting. It's just like her picture really comes together. That shit is incredible. Like she's just nuts, Oof, man. Like yeah. Uh,
2: oh, and the third, like I know I keep talking about the third episode, but when the debris falls on Violet, mm-hmm. and and it's just like this is something. This is, a, this is one of those, like, small things that happen all the time in, in movies and TV that just piss me off for no reason. It's, like, one of my pet peeves, like, how nobody ever says goodbye when they hang up the phone, like, when they're talking on the phone on television. Mm-hmm. Like, that never happens. Nobody ever, like, it's just, they just hang up. Uh, and I'm just like, this rude as fuck. But anyway, like, this is another thing that happens is, like, whenever there is the collapse of a building, you know, and debris falls on somebody, that person is immediately unconscious, you know? And then the, when they're pulled from the debris, they're just kind of like either immediately in an oxygen mask or they get to, you know, lay out and be like saint-like and angelic and be like, oh, the, you know, there was this is why we should all stop fighting amongst the family or whatever. Like... <clears throat> and in the third episode where debris falls on violet, she starts to cry and it's like, yeah, that would fucking hurt. If, 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 if if, if rebar and cinder blocks fell on you, you would cry. (laughs) And I'd like, it was just one of those, it was just like such a, like, like we were talking about, like just such a, like her face is also incredibly expressive. She's in anguish. Like the, the voice acting is also really good. Like, it sounds like it the way that it's animated is incredible it's and like the stakes are just really high like they just feel it's just it's just such a good show yeah we just we can go on and on about
0: it we could even i want to go on a whole tangent about your point about debris making me think about like the just the environmental design of the show feeling so vertical and how like that feels like a thing that's carried over from video games like the worst video games make you feel like you're walking down a hallway and just looking straight instead of like, it's always novel when a video game makes you have to pay attention to a ceiling, right. Or have to look up. Um, And it's like, yeah, the show, like the environments are just so top down and there's always a sense of falling and and a sense of like hierarchy. And I, I don't know. It's just everything about the show is brilliant. Watch Arcane. Uh, We could talk about it all day, but we won't listeners by all means email us about Arcane. sound only pod at gmail.com micah you got anything else
2: oh man that's it you know
0: all right we'll talk about utopia in the year we'll talk about i don't even know how many episodes we have before you know end of the year but god damn watch arcane and i i need more arcane like that's the kind of show where i'm just like mad i just i need more of it i need more of that show <laughs> and like i i read some reviews that are like yeah and you know like maybe maybe this will get more people in the league of legends league of legends is already fucking huge and also old right but like i mean
2: it's but nobody like, it's, so like does no, it doesn't look it, like my kind of it, game it's, it's nobody care
0: about like it's I, yeah i don't know
2: well, it's also like whatever who cares they give me more arcane. We're yes. not worried about getting more people in the League of Legends. <laughs> yes. Party. Sorry. If you're a big League of Legends fan. If I you apologize. are, actually,
0: if you're, if you're super into League of Legends, by all means, like email us and like talk to us a bit about that game and the culture of the game. Because I stopped playing Siege. I've given up on Siege. And I've gotten back into Street Fighter V lately. But that that's toxic for me. Please give me an excuse to get in the League of Legends. But you really got to sell it to me soundonlypod at gmo.com I'm Justin Charity and I'm Michael Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next week.